Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I hope you're having a great day today. I trust that you are busy and blessed as you serve the Lord, and make sure you spend some time in the Bible today. Thank God for the Bible and all that it means to us and how God uses His Word to speak to us, to stir us, to convict us, to change us. Everything about the Christian life is going to hinge on your life in the Bible and being filled with the Spirit and uh, having uh, time with God in prayer, and those are things that don't cost you any money. Money. just costs some character, and it just costs some time. But every one of us can take that time, if we will, and devote it to Bible study, seeking the fullness of the Spirit, and spending time with God in prayer. These days are so dark and so so dire, if you will, so, so, so needful. And we're not going to make a difference just by being uh, cultural or being cute. Uh, it's going to take more than pizzazz, and it's going to take more uh, than, than financial funding, things of that nature. No, we're going to have to have old-time power. And it's not old time by boxing it into a decade or a generation. I'm talking about we're going to have to see biblical Christianity lived out in our generation. And here's the good news. The God who is, uh, is the God who was, and he's the God who ever will be. And if God ever did it, God can do it for us. And we are trusting him for that. Now, I do know that we're in the last days. I do know it's a bad day and wicked hours, uh, perilous times. And Jesus is coming soon. But until he comes, I am to occupy and do the will of God. And I have every promise in the book still yet at my disposal. And I'm going to serve him. And I hope to until the shout rings out. The Apostle Paul said it well. He said, I I fought a good fight. I finished my course. He said, I've kept the faith. He finished it, not just finished it, but finished it with joy. And that would be the thing, wouldn't it? That's, That's our goal. That's our aim, is not just to say, well, I finished it, but to be happy on the way and have the joy of the Lord, because that's where our strength is found. Well, we're in Acts chapter number 19, and this will be our seventh Bible study in the 19th chapter. We've just gone by uh, verse by verse into the text, and it's taken this long now to get here to verse 28. And you'll remember from the outset, Paul came into Ephesus preaching and reasoning in the synagogue, and then into the school of Tyrannus. He was there, and he taught the Word of God, and he did that daily, just Uh, as an apologist, basically standing up and defending the faith and explaining and exegeting the Old Testament and showing those Jews that the the Messiah is Christ and uh, convincing the Gentiles that they could be saved. And he's seen great, uh, great fruit. In fact, the Bible said because of different miracles that God was doing through his life and the display of the power of God, Many of the Greeks and many of the Jews believed and were converted, and we talked about this before, but they brought you know, a lot of their corrupt things, their enchantment books, their witchcraft books, the books they used for uh, the, the dark arts, if you will, and they burned them, and it was a large amount of material. It was very costly, and so there's revival taking place, and awakening probably is the better way to say it, but there is a God move going on. A move of God is happening. In the city of Ephesus, people are being converted, people are being changed, people are under conviction. Paul has liberty to preach. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But we read this and studied it last broadcast. A man named Demetrius 
rises up and stirs up those who make shrines, silver idols to Diana. Now, you understand the city of Ephesus is steeped in Diana worship. The temple of Diana is there. Demetrius is a man who makes his living by selling idols that he creates from silver. And so he's going to get a hit in the pocketbook, all these people getting saved. Because common sense tells you if somebody's a Christian, then they don't worship an idol. Whether that idol be a statue of Mary or Christ or some apostle uh, or a crucifix on the wall, uh, no, we don't do that. We don't bow before some image. No, that's and that's blatantly against what the Bible teaches. We we worship God in spirit and in truth. We live by faith, not by sight. And so he understands my my livelihood is at risk because of what Paul is preaching. These people are being changed, and they're no longer going to worship the way we worship and worship what we worship and worship when we worship. And because of that, they're not going to come and, and throw down their money to buy a little god they can sit on the shelf or a little god they can carry in their hand because they're going to be worshiping the God of heaven. So he begins to stir up that crowd who would make their money off of idol worship. And he's fearing unemployment. He's fearing a, a, a decrease in his income. He's stirring up a mob now against the Apostle Paul. And the whole city becomes filled with confusion, and they can't they can't believe it. Uh, he goes so far he 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 goes a little bit over and said Paul wants to destroy our way of life. He wants to destroy the temple. Now, Paul never did say that, but this man is just trying to get this mob frenzied, and the very thought that the temple could be destroyed was just a horrible thought to these Ephesians. It was obnoxious to think Paul would come to town and tell them that they were wrong and, and that they would destroy their temple and that their goddess of fertility would be ignored and despised and forgotten and and and, and resigned to the pages of history. Uh, no, they're not going to do that. And so they begin to shout, and this mob begins to work up the city. Let's read what it says here uh, in verse number, uh, uh, let's see, verse number 28 is where we le uh, left off last time. He says, and when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out saying, great is Diana of the Ephesians. So they just begin to yell it. And you see that today in this mob mentality where people are frenzied about something. They don't even know what it is normally. They have no nothing other than a talking point or a slogan to shout. Uh, they don't have any substance nor depth to their argument, uh, but they're part of the crowd. And there's something about humans that we just like to be part of the crowd. We like to have uh, something that makes us feel like we're righteous in cause one way or the other, even if it's something like abortion or gay rights, something uh, as abominable as that. But they'll just shout frenzily. They have have no idea what they're shouting about. You see that happening in the streets of America from time to time, where people will just say, hey, there's a protest going on, and let's get in on it. And they use that protest for selfish means. They break into stores and steal and rob and hurt. They don't care about the cause. They're just excited to have something to do. That's the problem with America is that there are so many people who are able-bodied not to be working who are bored to death, and so they want to get out there and destroy property. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. And so they're beginning to get stirred up in the city of Ephesus, and the whole city was filled with confusion. They don't even know what they're doing. And having caught Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. So they'd grab these two Christian servants and take them to what would be called their arena, basically, where men would be martyred and gladiators would fight and sports would take place. They take them to this theater where they could stand before the crowd. And when Paul would have entered in unto the people, the disciples suffered him not. So Paul wanted to go, and I can just see Paul because of his faith, his boldness, 
his trust in God, and the way Paul looked for opportunity to expound the truth to the to his generation. He wanted to get into that theater with those men, and he was hoping he could speak to the crowd, but the disciples there held him back. So this crowd is so frenzied, they don't even know who Paul is. They don't recognize Paul. They, don't, they have no idea necessarily who it is that they're protesting against. They're just happy to have something to do. And certain of the chiefs of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him, desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused. That just marks the entire event. There's confusion from top to bottom. And the more part knew not whereof that they were come together. So most of that crowd was there not even knowing what they were doing there. You see that with the Antifa things and the Occupy Wall Street several years ago and even the Black Lives Matter. Half that crowd doesn't even have a clue why they're there. They're just glad to have something to do. I mean, they got bored cashing their checks and talking on their free Obama phone, so they thought, well, let's go protest. But they have no idea what they're doing. They're confused. They're just out there, part of the mob, trying to get on TV and get a free pair of Jordans from the store they broke into. And uh, anyway, so they have no idea why they've come together against uh, this, this matter. They don't know about Paul or what he's preaching. They're just happy to have something to do. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander beckoned with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people. So this man is going to stand there and, and, and say something. But when they all knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours, cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So you can see this mob, frenzied, foaming at the mouth, rabid mentality, where they don't even want to hear an argument from either side. Anytime somebody tries to speak and bring a little reason into the situation, they shout them down. You and I ought to remember that, learn that. You are not going to win an argument with the frenzied mob. Wasting time trying to win an argument through your social media. Don't do that. Don't respond to scorners. Don't respond to haters. Don't try to address someone. It's a good day in your life when you quit trying to waste your time convincing someone to agree with you who has already decided they will never agree with you, even if you prove yourself right. And that's that mob mentality. And uh, Paul's seeing that here in the city of Ephesus. We'll continue in this chapter next broadcast. Our time is gone. Until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.